welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. And, and God said, what do you see in 2023? And uh, Pastor Josh was speaking that day, uh, and I think Gary mentioned something too, and he actually brought it out in his sermon that morning. And he actually says, you know, who do you see in 2023? What do you see? Who do you see in this year? Uh, and I believe in the last couple of months since January right now to we're almost into March, and God has still been speaking into my heart. And not only is he, is he saying to me, what do you see in 2023? Which was a reference to a, a, a dream I had 18 months ago which I shared at Malaga at, a, at an encounter evening. You know, God gave me this dream, and, and every, right through this dream, I kept seeing things happen in, in the years we were in Spain, serving in Spain and that, and, and God just kept, kept bringing back to memory these things in a dream, and I couldn't sleep that night. I don't want to go all over that again, but basically it was like quite a confronting dream. And, and I said, I kept saying in my dream, in my sleep as I was dreaming, why do you keep asking me what do I see? And at the very end of the dream, God said, I've brought this to your memory because you had to go through all of those things to get where you are today. You had to go through all of those stages, see all those things to position you in a place where I can use you today here in Australia. I really believe that. So, and so as, as we come into our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I just want to just share practically at the beginning and then just share some testimony at the end of uh, uh, just a connection with Pastor Scott, what he brought last week. He, he, he talked about in his message about the connection that led about through about five different ministers and speakers through generation and generation up to when Billy Graham came into the service and got saved and went on to do what he did. And it was through one man doing this and another man in that meeting being raised up and doing that. And the first guy, I can't remember his name now, but the first guy wouldn't have a clue about Billy Graham. But because he was prepared to stand up and, and, and stand up for Christ and do what Christ had called him to do, right down the generational line, something else happened and this young man came to know Jesus who would go on to touch the whole world, not just his own nation of the USA, but the whole world. And, and Pastor Scott put up a picture of Melbourne Cricket Ground, absolutely jam-packed, full of people who come to find out about Jesus. You know, we don't know about the things that are down the line. We can only do what we do now. And, uh, and, and last week, Pastor Scott talked about Ananias, who God said, go to Paul, the one who had been uh, killing the Christians and rounding the Christians up and trying to put them in prison, whatever. And, you know, but the, the important thing of that message was that Ananias went. God called him and he went in fear and trembling of his life, but he went and so often we can hold back from doing what God wants us to do because of fear, because of all sorts of issues in our own life. Uh, and, and, and I just really believe as, as we're coming up to this, starting tomorrow, this 21 days of fasting and prayer, I believe that God wants to give us breakthrough. And if I was to put a title on my word for this morning, it's Hearing God's Word. 
hearing God's word. How do we hear his word? How do we, how do we know it's him? How do we break through in areas where perhaps we struggle? And I want to share some practical things uh, this morning. And, and uh, I don't know why I ended up in the book of Habakkuk. And if you've not read Habakkuk recently, I, I would encourage you to read it. It's a, it's a bit... It's a bit weird at times, but you, to basically just like give you a sort of a cover of what happened in Habakkuk. It's three chapters long. In the, in the first chapter, we've got this prophet who is calling out to God and saying, God, why are you letting this thing happen in our, in, in our land? Why are you letting the, 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 the Babylonians encamp around our nation? Why, 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 where are you, God? What's going on? And then we see in chapter 1 two questions that, that this prophet Habakkuk asked God. I'm not going to read it all. It's too long to read this morning, but you can read it in your own time. Go home. Just look towards the end of the Old Testament. Find Habakkuk and read about this. It's really interesting because he asked God two questions. He asks him one question and God answers, and then he asks him another question. And then at the beginning of chapter 2, he goes on to say, in the first verse of chapter 2, Habakkuk says he, he positions himself on the ramparts of the city, in the high place, and I'm going to wait here until God speaks to me. Put ourselves in a place to hear what God wants to say. And I really believe that's important for us as Christians today, that we are able to find that place where we can hear God. That, 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 that secret place, that place of prayer, it can be different for every single one of us here this morning. For me, it's when I walk in the mornings. I walk every morning pretty much. That is my time with God. I only did a 4K this morning, and it was a 4K to finish the message off because I was waiting on something to, to finish what I wanted to say this morning. And it came as I was walking this morning, and God spoke. You know, when we position ourselves to hear from him, God always comes through. I want to encourage you this morning encourage you this morning. God responds. Don't be worried about asking God questions. Habakkuk asked God a question. Why? What's going on, God? I can't feel your presence. I don't see you in anything. Uh, have you left us? It's okay to ask God questions. And maybe you've never really questioned things before. But I want to encourage you to set time aside through this next 21 days. And ask God the things that really are important to you, the things that are important to your heart, where you are at at this moment in time. And if you've never heard God's voice before, maybe this next 21 days you're going to hear something from him. He's going to answer you. He's going to talk to you about your situation. He's going to give you an idea on how to move into a different area of, of, of ministry, a different area of life, a different area with your family and, and, and things that have been difficult for you. Perhaps it's been sickness. Perhaps it's been all sorts of situations. But I just want to encourage you to, to, to take up this, this opportunity in this next 21 days of, uh, of coming and, and, and praying and fasting as a family together. It's amazing what God can do when we come together as family. You know, we need to position ourselves like Habakkuk. I'll come to that in a moment. But we need to be in that place where we're waiting for the response from God. It's good to wait for a response. You know, he doesn't always answer straight away. And he certainly doesn't answer the way that we expect him to. 
you know, we, we, we have a fixed idea of how God is going to speak to me. And he never does that. He always does it differently. He always turns things on their head. Scripture always turns things on their head. The way we think he's going to talk, he never does that. He does it through a person. He does it through a song. He does it through a word, a message. He does it through somebody, a family member speaks to us. But he uses all sorts. But are we listening? How are we hearing what he's saying to us? We need to develop as, as his children the, uh, just a way of hearing him and not missing out on what he wants to say to us. As we consider the vision of the church, the vision of grace life, the vision for our own lives during this next 21 days, you know, let's be asking Father, where do we fit in the vision? Where do I fit in the grace life vision? Where do I fit in what you've shown me, what you've spoken to me years down the road and it's never happened as yet? I mentioned last week that God said 19 years ago, really clearly in my heart, not audibly, but in my heart, talking about breaking chains. And he said that one day in my lifetime, I would hear the audible sound of chains hitting the ground that had been broken off somebody's life. I'm still waiting on that day. It doesn't always happen overnight. We have to wait for God to, his plan to be totally fulfilled. Questions like this are okay to ask God. And I still say, Lord, when will I hear the breaking chains? Will it be today? Will it be in today's meeting? Will it be in the, in the pre-service prayer? Will it be an encounter? Will it be, when will it be? And it's good to, because it keeps us alert. It keeps us remembering what he said and his promises to us as his children. I believe God has placed every single one of you in this church today to help fulfill his purpose that he has for Grace Life. You know, it's not just down to the pastors and the elders of this church to make it happen. We all have our part to play in making Grace Life work. We all have our part to play in the vision for this year and years to come. See, visionaries cast the vision, but people like me, me and you, ordinary folk, we're the ones that make the vision work if we're willing to be like Ananias and step out, even in fear sometimes, and do the things God asks us to do. Sometimes it's not easy. So just practically this morning, you know, what do we do? How do we, how do, we do this prayer and fasting? How do we, how do we hear from God? How, how do we get the message through? How do we just link in with him? You know, firstly, we need to meet regularly with him. These are just practical suggestions. Just obvious, some of them are obvious, but sometimes we, we struggle with them. And me, I, I, I always, often used to find it difficult to, to, to come in prayer and, and to set time aside. Life always gets very, very busy. But I've found while I walk, it's a good time for me. I can walk and I can talk. Hopefully, I'm looking where I'm walking most of the time. But I'm not, not lost in wonder, love, and praise. But, but you know, it's, it's my time. It's a time I feel comfortable. It's a time I, I, I work out things. It's a time I, I, I ask God questions. It's a time I listen to his voice. Uh, sometimes I, th uh, I come home after four, five, six kilometers and think to myself, if only you'd taken a pen and a piece of paper, Andrew, this morning, you could have written some stuff down because the time you get home, you forget it. That's why it's so important to write down what God says to you so that you remember. But firstly, meet the Lord regularly. Set time aside in your special prayer place, whatever that is. Find somewhere that you're comfortable, but not too comfortable. 
because you fall asleep when you're too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. But find somewhere that really suits your life, your lifestyle, and say, God, I'm giving you this time this morning. It may only be five minutes or ten minutes, but give him time to speak. Ask him your questions and say, God, speak to me today. Speak to me today. Meet regularly with him. Secondly, Look for God to speak to you in dreams and visions. Perhaps you've never had a, a, a spiritual dream before where God has shown you stuff. Ask God to give you dreams and visions. Prophet Joel spoke about it. You know, old men, young men, daughters, everybody. Like, dreams and visions. Yeah, they are for today, not just for Bible times. They're for there. Look out for God to speak to you in dreams and visions. Don't wait for the, an audible voice from heaven because you'll probably never hear that. Expect Father to get your attention any way he can, and he will if you're expectant. If your heart is open to hear from him, he will get your attention any way he wants. Let's not limit him this morning as to what he wants to do. Thirdly, listen out for the word. It may just be a single word but it's going to spark something in your heart and you're going to start praying along that, those lines. Listen for the word. It can come from anywhere, as I said, anyone in the most unlikely place or from the most unlikely person. For, even from the person that you don't get on with very well. That's the person that God will use sometimes and he'll bring you up and say, you've got to love, you've got to love, you've got to love. Listen to my voice. So listen for the word. Fourthly, Write down what God tells you. Write it down. Don't forget it. In the early days uh, of my Christian life, uh, I'd get songs. And then I, 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 in the end, I started carrying a little tape recorder in the car so I could, I could sing a few lyrics of a song. And I found this was the only way because if I was on the way to work in the car, I'd get a song or I'd get a verse or a chorus of a song. But by the time I got to work, it was all gone. I could never, ever remember it again. It was a brilliant song in the car, but it never worked afterwards. It's one of those things. So you just take a little tape recorder and just click it on and just, you know, have that with you. If you've got a way of recording, put it on your phone. Have your phone running. Record when God is speaking to you. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's putting in your heart. Really important. Write it down so that you don't forget it. We can forget so quickly. Note it down. Go back to it. Pray over it over the days see what God brings out of that word fifthly and lastly wait for God to bring it to pass you know so often we pray a prayer and because God hasn't answered in 35 seconds we say oh you're obviously not here today Lord and we walk away from it you know be patient with father God give me patience I'm the worst person for patience God give me patience to see this happen or that happen God help me wait on God just like Habakkuk did, he, he said, now I'm going to just hand it over to you, God. I'm going to wait for you. And whether what you say to me is hard or easy, I'm going to listen to your voice. So, just to reiterate on those things. Meet regularly with God. Look out for God to speak to you. Listen out for his word. Write it down so that you don't forget it. And then wait for God to do something with the word he's given you. Really important. This, And so we have the first chapter. And if the guys, if you could put up that first verse I put on there. Um, chapter 2, verse 1 of Habakkuk. 
after his complaining to God, after his uh, moaning and groaning. Yet Jeremiah the prophet was exactly the same. Jeremiah the prophet was the, the only prophet to come almost blasphemously talk to God because he was so sick of the way that the world treats him. So sick of trying to tell people about Jesus and they wouldn't listen. So sick of being beaten and, and abused and all the things that happened to, in his life. And yet you come into verse 20 of Jeremiah and Jeremiah is saying, I will not, my heart, I, just want, I don't want to speak about you anymore. I don't want to because it brings me nothing but trouble. But you have done something and birthed yourself so deep in my bones, I cannot help but speak your word. I cannot help but speak your word. And I believe God wants us to be like that. He's, he's birthed himself so deep within our hearts that we can't help ourselves but speak his words, his words of life. And so here in chapter 2 of Habakkuk, he says this after his, after his second his second question to God. And he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So he almost was saying, look, I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong, but Father, whatever you tell me to do, I'm willing to receive it from you. But he put himself on the rampart. Look what rampart was. It's used with like, fortifications and castles and things like that. Uh, in England, you see many like ramparts in, in castles, uh, the high ground, the banks in front to protect it. And so I, I just got a picture of Habakkuk, the prophet here, putting himself on the high place where he could see, you know, that this prayer, Lord, keep the Babylonians away, keep them at bay, Father, help us as a nation to get through this like that. But whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, I'm ready, speak to me. Speak to my heart. Amazing what God does. And what a turnaround in three chapters when we look at chapter 3. And in chapter 3 in verse 17 to 19, the Habakkuk who was moaning and groaning and, and, and upset because God wasn't doing anything for him, for his nation, he says words like this from verse 17 of chapter 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation." In spite of the circumstances, in spite of the, the awfulness of the situation that this nation of Judah was coming against, he was able to say that. When you read in the notes and everything, it was written as a song. This was written as a song. And that word joy there, it, it actually means the joy of the dance. The joy of the dance. And in his heart, I got this picture of Habakkuk, you know, on his rampart, Dancing with joy because God came through and answered his question and told him what he would do. You read through chapter, chapter 2 and there's the answer come through. What a difference from the start. Chapter 1 to chapter 3, God had met Habakkuk's need because he had positioned himself to hear what God wanted to say to him. And that's so important that we position ourselves to hear from him. 
What a turnaround. What does scripture say about hearing God's voice? Well, I'm not going to deliberate on them too long. We're going to look at 1 John, uh, sorry, on John, chap, John uh, Gospel of John, chapter 10, 27 and 28. He talks about my sheep hear my voice. If you belong to Jesus, it's a promise that you will hear his voice. You recognize him. You will recognize him because he's the one who loves you. He's the one who cares for you. He's the one who blesses you. He's the one that keeps you. He actually says on there, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We follow him. We hear his voice. It's so important to hear his voice. Romans 10, 17 talks about faith coming by hearing. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, you want to find a vision for your life? Just lift this book up and have a look at it. This book is full of vision. It's full of answers to your questions. Sometimes we don't need to pray. We need to look in this book and say, God, speak to me through your word today. Show me where you're at. Show me how you fit into my life. Show me how I fit in to, to Grace Life Church. Show me how I fit into the vision of the church. Show me how the vision for my life is going to work. Because I can't understand it. I can't, even, I can't even get my head around what you've said to me. But I'm trusting you. I'm going to position myself to hear the answer and wait for the answer. No matter how long it takes. Even if it's 19 or 20 years, I'll still be waiting for the answer to come. Revelation 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's where I want to be. I want to be in that place. I want to be in that place of revelation where he's talking to me day and day and night and day. Pray that your spiritual eyes and ears will be opened to receive from God everything that he has for you. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Matthew 13, verse 16. Blessed be your eyes. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Your eyes and ears are blessed. Children of God, your eyes and ears are blessed. You should be able to hear from God. And I mentioned before that this guy that I met in Spain who had never heard from God in 40-odd years. But, you know, I felt so sorry for, the, for, for this guy, not ever heard God's voice. Perhaps we're looking in the wrong place. Perhaps we're waiting for it to come the way we think it's going to come. And we miss out on it because we're not listening. God, tune our ears in to hear. Our eyes to see what you want to say and do in our hearts, in our lives. The presence of vision in a church brings hope and brings change in our hearts and in the hearts of the church. As I said, Pastor Scott spoke last week about the chain of blessing that occurs when God moves in the lives of individuals who go on to plant good seed for the kingdom. And it's quite amazing how we rarely get to know about the seeds that have been blown in the wind. You know, when we speak out a word, it's like a seed. A seed has been sown. When you speak to somebody about Jesus, a seed is being sown. And you never... Most often, you'll never come across anybody who will say, yes, lead me to Jesus today. Praise God, it does happen. And, 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 and so, but the majority of times, you share a word, and then people go away, and then 20 years later, something happens in their life, 
and they remember the seed that you sowed, remember the words that you spoke, and they get a, get a life that's joined up with Jesus, and they go on. And the whole Billy Graham syndrome carries on and carries on and carries on because of a word, a seed that you have sown. And the wind is like sort of blowing it away. Like when the sower goes to sow it in the, the parable, he scatters the seed and some falls in different places, good ground, bad ground, thorns, briars. We don't know what happens to the seed. But there is a, a progression of what God, and God always fulfills the words that he speaks to our, our lives. And before we went to Spain in 2004, uh, a couple gave us a prophetic word before we, we moved over to Spain. Uh, and in that word, well, it, 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 it was basically to, to the extent of, of um, when you get to Spain, you will meet a couple who will be instrumental in enabling you to manage to live. Don't forget, we've both given up full-time jobs to go to Spain. And we had no idea what we were going to do, how we were going to survive, how we were going to live. Still here, all these years later, God really blessed us. God looked after us. But we, had, we didn't know. But this word was spoken over us. And it was, it was, you will meet a couple who will be instrumental in enabling you to fulfill the ministry that God has given you in Spain. It was very funny at first because every time we saw a new couple, we'd say, is this the couple? Is this the couple? Somebody mentioned there was a, a guy coming called Brian to church one day. And Wendy was on the door. And, uh, yes, and uh, about every guy that came in that morning, he said, are you Brian? <laughs> are you Brian? Yeah. She was in anticipation for Brian to come. Now, we were in, in anticipation for, for seeing who this couple were, this couple that were going to do, do things. We hadn't got a clue what they were going to do, but somehow they were going to, their, their life connecting with our life was going to enable us to do what God's called us to do in the nation of Spain. And it was amazing. And uh, we held on to that promise from God that God was going to do that. And in the very early days of the church, there was only 10 of us, five, five couples, and we, we stood at the statue of Christ overlooking our city with arms outstretched to the city. And we prayed that God would, would, would establish our church in Spain would, would, do, would, would, would build our church in Spain. And we, and we, and we stood there praying, and, and somebody behind me prayed, Oh God, send people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I thought to myself, Oh ye of little faith, hang about, the west is the sea. You know, you're asking God to send people from the sea. I just want to just encourage you this morning. We had so many people come to our church from the sea. Even a boat called Sailing for Jesus from Sweden, it docked in the Cartagena port every year and they would come and the crew would come into the service and bless us as a church and we had amazing times with them. God does the impossible. Pastor Josh says like, you know, are you believing for miracles? Is this year going to be a year where impossibilities become possible? I'm really believing it is. You know, everything against us as a little church in Spain Everything, everything we looked around, we were English speakers in a Spanish nation. You know, uh, we, we, we had, we, had we couldn't really, without mastering the language, actually reach out into the Spanish. But we felt God had called us to the, the, the English speaking people, the expats from England and, and European countries that spoke English. That's where we felt the call was. 
but everything was against us, you know, and uh, we're, we're just a little, little, little group of English-speaking people in this, in, this, in, in this church, and, you know, we had to believe big. Had to believe big. We couldn't, believe, we couldn't afford to believe small because everything was, was difficult. Everything was hard. Everything we tried to do, it was hard to, to get, get through, to get where we wanted to be. But God enabled us to think big. We were a small church. Written this down in my notes. We thought it was a mega church. And we acted like a mega church. Even though there was only 20 of us, we acted like a mega church in the beginning. We had to. Because it's the only way we were going to push through and see God doing something miraculous. You see, we're spiritual beings. When we start seeing and start hearing spiritually, a whole new world opens up for us. We start seeing what God uh, wants us to see and hearing. Just what, like Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only hear what the Father tells me. And suddenly God started positioning people within the church, bringing people with gifts, amazing gifts, who enabled us to do amazing things in Spain. You know, Father brings about his plans and purposes through people like you and through people like me, just ordinary people, if we're willing to stand for him, if we're willing to hear his voice and listen out for him. Rarely does it come like a lightning bolt. One guy came in from America, a guy called Randy Brown, amazing, larger-than-life character, huge guy. He was a, a golf club builder. He worked for Jack Nicholas in the USA, and he built golf clubs. He had a bulldozer and a theodolite, and he, he laid out the fairways and, and, and the greens and, and the, the bunkers, on, uh, and there was a PGA golf course being built right in front of our house on the hill, in front of our house, and he found us somehow, and this guy walked into our church. You know, Father has planned for this time to come. He'd already planted four churches in Portugal while he worked in Portugal, and he was with us two years Randy was. You know, and this guy taught me more about spiritual things in two years than I'd, I'd learnt in 53 years before then. Coincidence? No. God instance, because he was part of God's plan, part of the progression that God had for us as a church, for me as a person. Our vision as a church was to raise finances for missions. The heart of Victory Churches International was raising money for missions. We wanted to be part of that, but it was only a few of us, God. How can we do it? A lady came in one day called Christine who wrote poetry, and she loved the church. She went home to her husband and told her husband about the church and how we needed to raise money for kids in a, a children's home in Kitsumu in Kenya. And Martin uh, was a, uh, a rock singer, he sang in the clubs and the pubs and the bars all around our town, well known in the area. Uh, and, and, and Martin contacted me and said, can we talk? I said, sure. And he talked to me and he said, is it okay, wherever we go, get me some collection tins. And every bar and place that Martin went to, he would put a collection tin and collect for the kids in Kisumu or around the world where we were sending money for missions. And it was amazing. He even wrote a CD with Martin Blandamber, who writes music for Cliff Richard in those days, part of the Beach Boys era and everything there. You know, he was really connected, and it was amazing what this guy did. He, wrote, he raised hundreds of thousands of euros for us 
during the years. Amazing connection. Just connection after connection after connection. These are divine connections. And I'll finish with this this morning. We, we met a couple, and I mentioned before that this couple who gave us the car in Spain. I've got to mention to them because this guy had no idea our car was a wreck. He, he had no idea that it had been condemned to die, basically. And when, when we, uh, we met up with him in England, um, when been, Wendy and I were being ordained, um, he came to our ordination service, and then on the Saturday before we re returned home, Richard rang me and told me that God had told him to give us their car, which is a brand new car that they'd only just had it in Spain. God had told him. He'd already rung his wife, who was in Japan, and she said before he spoke, you've rung to tell me that we've got to give Andrew and Wendy our car. And it was a miracle like that. They knew nothing about our need for a new car. Our old car was a wreck. And he, he, he heard the voice of God. He confirmed it with his wife, and he stepped out, and he gave of what he had and what God had told him to give. And it was amazing. That's how God works. That's how God performs his miracles. You know, and when you've, you've lived in the, the, the realm of miracle working, you can never go back to how it was. And so now we just know how God works. He works in miracles, amazingly, in miracles. And this guy, Richard, went on to lead our men's conference and hold our men's conference, our yearly conference, every year. And uh, it was just amazing to see the connection that God had made with Richard and Linda. And in about four weeks' time, uh, we're praying they're going to be here in church with us because they're on their way back from East Coast Australia and they said we must land in Western Australia for a few days and see you. So hopefully we can come to church with you. And that's the Sunday after the first weekend in April. They're going to be here. Uh, but this guy was obedient to what God had said and did it. And that's how God works his miracles, if we're willing to step out if we're hearing his voice. Are we hearing? Are we listening? I could go on, I could go on, I could go on. I haven't even scratched the surface of the miracles that God did for us while we're in Spain. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 7. I'm not going not got time to do it this morning. Read that through. You know, God uses our gifts to bless the body. So as we fast and pray, are we listening? God, how can I bless the body? How can I bless my brother? How can I bless my sister? Bring all your impossibilities in prayer. Let him deal with them. Position yourself in a place where you can hear and let God do the miracles. Men's breakfast yesterday morning, the guy speaking about Israel put up a slide. And on that slide it said, in Israel, in order to be a realist, you must believe in miracles. And that was a statement made by David Ben-Gurion, who was the first prime minister of Israel. I want to write my own here as a Christian. In order to be a realist, I have to believe in miracles because that's the way that my God works. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you are a God of miracles. Father, I just thank you I thank you for your leading. I thank you for where you brought us from and where you're taking us to, all of us. Father, we just commit ourselves to hearing your voice. We, we thank you, Father.
we thank you for what the words Jack Hayford wrote, that it is our birthright to hear your voice. It is our birthright as born-again believers to hear your voice. Father, open our ears today. Open our eyes today that we can see Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Praise God. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.